Hi, you guys. Welcome to my pleasure. I'm so happy you're back. I'm so happy you're subscribed and you're energized and you're here. Okay. So, oh, I'm excited today. Um, I'm in the middle of shooting my movie. So I'm like, I don't know why I'm starting off with an excuse, but that is just an excuse to be like, I'm a little run down. Okay. But I'm so psyched to be here and to chat. Let's get right to it. Okay. Um, I actually, so today I'm relying a little bit on your guys' questions, but I already have, I have thoughts. Well, first of all, someone asked me on Instagram, have you gotten any work done? Someone named Sloan asked me that and I wanted to just address it because no, I haven't. And I do think like obsessing over and talking about looks is really not what this podcast should be about. But that said, I'm still me. I still love that subject. So I have never gotten any work, plastic surgery, anything like that, any work like that done on my face or anything. I have, however, gone in for consultations. Um, I've gone with friends and I've been like very, very investigative on the whole process. I, throughout my years living here, I've definitely gone on my handful of consultation meetings with plastic surgeons, with nurse injector practitioner people. I've, I've always had questions. I've always been curious. I've never been able to pull the trigger. I think ultimately it all goes back to having to have so many surgeries as a kid for weird things going on with my ears and my sinuses and knowing just how horrible surgery is and how whenever I've had it, I've been like, I, like my, so basically growing up, I always wanted fake boobs. I always wanted really big boobs. I prayed for boobs. I got some boobs. I didn't get as much as I wanted. I got some though, very grateful. But I really thought I was going to be a person who got breast implants. Like that just, as a child, that just seemed like the direction things were going in. But then I had all these surgeries and I remember thinking after one surgery in high school, after I think it was my sinus surgery, I think I remember being like, oh, Anyone who elects to get a surgery they didn't need is crazy. I will never do that. And that's just always stuck with me. Like, it's a really big deal. It's hard on your body. It's scary to go under anesthesia. And so that's part of why I think I've always just been really resistant. And then I also, I don't know, I just like don't ever want to cause a sickness or a health issue that I didn't have to cause. And I would just think I would never really forgive myself for that. So I'm very not against those things. Like I want them. I think about them, but I'm just not going to do them. And people, but by the way, such a flex coming right here. It is my favorite compliment when people are like, did you get your lips done? It is my dream because growing up, I loved Angelina Jolie. I like always wanted lips like hers. And so then when like the lip injection craze began, I was like, oh my God, I always wanted to do this. Like blah, blah, blah. But no, I've never done that. I, not against it. I've just never done it because I just, I'm scared. So again, very boring subject, but it was the first question that popped up. So I thought I would give it a go. 
then someone asked, which item is never not in your grocery cart? See, Peza asked that. Right now, apples and Santa Cruz brand organic dark creamy peanut butter. If I don't have that, if I don't have Honeycrisp apples and my Santa Cruz peanut butter, I won't sleep at night. I cannot fall asleep in a home that doesn't have those two items in the kitchen. I'm just on a kick. The kick will not stop. I I need to eat that every day. It's so fucking good. Apples are so sweet and delicious. Peanut butter is so thick and nourishing and like it's just fucking good okay and um okay toscano aaron asked if you could have dinner with three famous people famous dead people who would it be and what food so i actually didn't don't have any famous dead people on that come to mind sad i have a sad answer honestly i would love to have dinner with my grandparents i've never met them I think it has caused a lot of angst and drama and like high emotions in my life. The fact that I never met my grandparents, you know, the fact that I would have been their only grandchild. I grew up in their home, never got to meet them. It's something I think about a lot and that's who I would love to meet. I could go deeper into that but I won't right now. And, oh my God, okay, so John P. Hurst asked me, what do I think of my male fans? I love my male fans. I love my platonic male fans. I think if you're, like, you're allowed to feel and think whatever, that's, you. you're free to think whatever you want, but, um... I definitely love my male fans and I fully accept and get it and I'm grateful for them. You know, I am a girl that grew up best friends with my dad. A lot of my friend, best friends are men. And so it only makes sense to me that, that there would also be men out there that are fans of my work because why not? I have a lot, you know, I think I'm like very much down the middle. I know on TikTok, most of my following is women. And then on Instagram, I would say it's a lot more split. So it's, I, yeah, I love hanging out with the guys. I really do. I know that sounds like a pick me girl. I don't really care. And okay. Erica Marie asked Indica or Sativa. I am weirdly a sativa girl if you're not familiar with weed there's two strains indica is like mellows you out sativa kind of get gets you you know supposedly like a little more energized you know the thoughts are flowing more i do like a sativa i like to get i like to like get high you know like i like to feel silly and fun and be creative Carlos is an indica person, so sometimes like I will go that route just because I know that's probably better for me to relax and to calm the fuck down. So I will dabble there, but definitely an indica is like my first, or no, a sativa is like my first love. I know I sound like a pothead. I, and I am a little bit, but I don't abuse it. I swear. 
And then, oh yeah, okay. Sorry, started with some basic questions up top, but I want to talk about some experiences from my college because someone had asked me a question about Illinois football and I answered that question on Instagram, but it got me thinking about my time at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, how much I absolutely hated that experience. It was really not for me. And it got me thinking about a couple of the interactions that I had with the athletes on campus. Now, to paint the picture for you, this was a Big Ten school. So the most important thing to the school, it was the sports. That was how that school thrived. It was the sports. It was the fraternities, the sororities. Like, that is so not me. I actually hate those things. And I hate them even more because I was at that school and had to be surrounded by them. And I realized that I actually had this, like, anger against the athletes on my campus. And you guys... In true Esther form, it's because I literally was jealous of them because they got all the attention. Like everyone was so obsessed with these athletes on the college campus and it just drove me crazy because I was like, bitch, I'm, I have stuff to like, you guys, what, me, what about me? And nobody cared about me. Nobody wanted to know anything about me. Like it just, and it was a joke to even consider that that would be a possibility because that's, that school thrived on sports. You know, whereas in at least when I went to high school, at least our drama department had some credibility. At least people acknowledged it. People cared. But at U of I, there was no, there was no second place. There was only first place. And that was to the athletic department, you know, and I remember, you know, my freshman year was the year where I was really the most lost and confused. And I hadn't yet given up on the college campus culture. You know, I thought, okay, maybe like I should at least touch base with all of these things that this school has to offer. And so that was the year I, you know, at least I went to one football game. I rushed for a sorority for about 30 minutes. I definitely was very curious about all the different clubs that our school had to offer. I remember we had October Lovers Club. I was like, what's that? That's so cool. Like people just get together because they love October. Like I was open to it all. And I had started school as a dance major though. So, you know, that was sort of the corner that I was in, at least for the beginning of the semester. I didn't fit in with those people. It didn't work out for me. In fact, I remember having a meeting with the college counselor who was for, you know, the dance program. And she just kind of looked at me and was like, maybe you should think of a different major. And I was like, bitch, is that really what you're supposed to say? Aren't you supposed to like encourage and recruit and want me here? But I think because I had just so openly expressed like, well, you know, this dance program isn't really the style of dance that I am particularly interested in because it was very focused on modern dance. And I really wanted to like focus and hone my skills 
more like a technical skill like ballet and jazz. And, you know, my dream was to be a, a dancer on Broadway. And she clearly heard that and took it to heart and was like, it sounds like you might want to switch majors. And it kind of upset me because I remember when we started, there was, there was this like, uh, it was kind of a known thing that most people will change their major. And I almost feel like she had nudged me in that direction. She was probably like, well, you know, we start with 25 dance majors. We end with 10. And she was just kind of starting to weed us out early. But that's, bitch, that's rejection, okay? When the fucking, like, head of the dance program is starting to suggest to you maybe you shouldn't be here, like, I'm like, all right, bitch, you've, you're rejecting me. But she, at the same time, she was accurate. She was right. And I did end up changing majors very quickly after that. But I think that that had more to do with, one, just really not fitting in with the other girls in the major there, they were very dancery. You know, it was kind of like all the tall, pretty girls stuck who, you know, the tall, pretty girls who wore makeup and who dressed very like, mm, you know, they, their tops matched their bottoms. They, they were well dressed, whatever. Like I was just kind of a slob in that era and they stuck together and I did not fit in with them. I was not welcome, but it was ultimately a moment. You know, like I really did have my first like lightning bolt cinematic moment when I was standing at the ballet bar and I just thought to myself, it's really weird that I'm going into a profession where I don't talk like that is that feels weird. And I wasn't even like the talkiest talkative person. I just was a very silly person and it it just struck me as strange, which is funny now because I'm basically one of my biggest jobs is podcasting, which all you do is talk. So I'm like, okay, had a good instinct. And anyways, I was a dance major, kind of a tangent. So I was trying things out. I was experiencing things. And I remember on Halloween, Halloween weekend, I was like down to party. So I went out and I can't remember which friends, but I was kind of bouncing around. I think I, you know, stopped at a bar, stopped at a party, a few things. And I had walked into this building where there was like a dance, a DJ situation going on. And I think a friend of mine and I had stopped in there to use the bathroom or she had to go to the bathroom. So we walk in this big like warehouse scene and there's a DJ and all these people are dancing. And my friend goes to the bathroom and I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm a, I'm an, I'm 18 years old. I'm in a freaking French made Halloween costume. I have no friends to my name on this campus. I just walked into a dance party. I am a dance major. I am going to get on top of the DJ booth and I'm going to dance and I'm going to have fun even if it's for three minutes while my friend pees. So I get up there and I'm just going off, right? Like I am little misconfident because I know I can dance. I'm like, you know what? I, it was almost a moment of like, well, you guys might all like all the sports and shit. Well, I, I'm a freaking dance mate. I'm qualified to climb on top of this like stage area and dance in front of everybody. 
I'm qualified. I'm confident. So I get up there. I start dancing. I'm having fun. I'm just fucking being weird and silly. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes up behind me and he starts dancing with me. And instantly, I'm like, no, 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 no. Nothing against him. Like, I actually, in fact, was very, felt complimented that someone, instead of being disgusted with what I was doing, actually just came up and tried to join me. You know, and of course, me, I love any kind of like, validation. So I was like, oh, thanks, ma'am. But no, I'm good. Because I just have a policy. If I'm dancing, I'm doing it alone. I'm not dancing with a guy. I'm not dancing. I'm, you know, I just I don't dance with men. Okay, I just don't. Dancing is for me. It's a solo performance for me. And so I, and in front of everyone in this big warehouse, I'm like, no, sorry. You know, I do it as polite as possible. But I'm just like, no, you need to get away from me. And then my friend comes out of the bathroom. I'm like, oh, time to go. I get down off the stage and I'm on my way out. All of a sudden, I get swarmed by a big group of people. They're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Do you know who that was? I'm like, what? Like, do you know who that was? That was? I'm like, no, I don't. What are you talking about? They're like, that was D Brown. He's one of our school's biggest athletes. I'm like, Okay. Bye. I don't, I don't care. And I remember feeling so annoyed that these people only gave a fuck about me in that moment because some athlete wanted to dance with. No, that's not stop. You can stop right there. And I felt so proud of myself that I just didn't give a fuck. I was different. You guys are losers, blah, blah, blah. So that was my first interaction with an athlete on the college campus. My second was worse. Now, keep in mind, I felt like, I felt like the underdog. Okay. I felt like, again, nobody gives a fuck about me. Everyone worships these fucking athletes. So when I get into a class and there's one of the athletes in my class, I'm like, I hate this guy. And sure enough, and this is pretty sad, He could. I felt like he could barely read. And it made me so mad. I was like, my parents pay money f- for this education, whatever, like I'm paying for this education. And these guys here, all of our money goes towards their sport and they get to come here for free. And they're, they barely participate in class. It just really pissed me off. I was, again, so immature, so competitive with them. And I remember raising my hand and being like, he needs to speak up. He needs to pronunciate his words because I can't hear him. I can't understand him when he speaks. And I got really aggressive with him. And to be honest with you, he didn't care. He just ignored me because these guys were rock stars. And everyone in the class was like, like, why are you such a bully, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, again, I look back and this person, it is, it, I, I think he, it's a system that's the problem. He was not to blame, but it just, again, I was so immature, so jealous that he got to go to school for free just because he could play football. And so I was always looking for ways to get, to go at it with these guys. I just, they were, my nemesis is. 
And I felt the same way with the girls in sororities and the guys in fraternities. Like that college campus drove me insane. It drove me into madness. It drove me into just feeling like the world was against me. Nobody understood me. And I always would think, what would it be like if I was at a college campus where it's actually around like-minded people? But I'm sure at that era in my life, I would have turned against them too. But I just felt like such an outsider. And I think that that really had paved a way for me to make my own path. And in fact, I will never forget a moment when I moved to LA and I was at a gym and they were playing like this really deep cut Britney Spears song. And I felt like, oh my God, being in LA is like hearing the music I like played out loud everywhere I go instead of where I'm college campus era. It was like hearing the music I like only on my headphones, like privately and in like a way of shame. And I know that sounds really weird because literally it was the most popular artist, Britney Spears, but it's just a feeling. I'm just explaining the feelings. Okay. And also another thing in college that I would do is I would go, I would walk to the cemetery that was like pretty far away from where I lived, but it was deep, you know, like it was a little off campus and I would just sit there by myself and I would listen to music and I would journal and I, I was just, I would honestly, at that age, I would just do anything to feel different, anything to not be like the rest of the people at my school. And I don't really know where I'm going with that specifically, but I just, when I think about college, I just think about not fitting in and that driving me to an extreme and to being like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Eventually I did drop out. I know I talk about that a lot probably, but anyways. I feel like I should wrap that up with a final thought. And I think the final thought is, oh, I have it. Okay. If you are ever in a place where you don't feel like you fit in, that is your opportunity to go inside of yourself and find what's in there. And in fact, It's very possible that if I had never gone to that campus and found all the things that I hated, all the things I despised, all the things that made me feel jealous, competitive, made me feel alone, I may have never really figured out who I was so quickly. Like, again, that is where I felt the most alone, was surrounded by people who weren't like me. I, I felt far more alone there than I would feel al- actually physically alone. And so, again, that being in the wrong place, being around the wrong people is just an opportunity to learn what's not right for you and to give you the chance to pivot and make a change. Could I have stayed and finished and got the degree? Yes, I could have. But I think the urgency that I felt just gave me no choice but to leave. But I did stay and I did try to make it work and I did stay longer than I thought I would. You know, I thought I would drop out my first year and then I kind of, you know, found a little bit of, of a groove. I did make a couple friends that are still my friends today. So it wasn't all that bad and I, I am at least grateful I got to have that classic American Big Ten school, Midwest school experience despite it being 
the furthest thing possible from being what I wanted and needed. I still got to have it. And, you know, it was cool. My dad went there as well. So I got to have that same experience, but just many years later. And it wasn't all bad. Again, if you're in a bad situation, it's your opportunity to learn what you don't like and to push you in the direction of what you do like. Okay, let's do some segments. So my anti-sadness this week, again, these segments were really kind of hard to come up with this week because I, I am, I am working a lot. I'm working long, long days. I love it. I'm so happy to be doing it, but I'm a little drained. My anti-sadness this week is important because it is something that is kind of inspired by my trip to Italy, and it's also something that feels very necessary because I'm working such long hours. So my anti-sadness this week is to sit and enjoy peacefully and restfully, but also energetically enjoy my coffee. Like, I... Gone are those days where I thought coffee is on the go. Oh, you get your coffee? By the way, coffee and walk, I still love that. That is a vibe. That's that's the best. But because I can't do that while I'm working, to me, even just to take seven minutes to sit down and drink a coffee and maybe do some journaling, do some reading, Even if it's just seven minutes, I hope it's 12, I hope it's 20, but even if it's seven, that is my anti-sadness. I want to do that five days this week. I want to make sure that I sit, I enjoy my coffee, because you guys, like, this go, go, go bullshit, it does, it is, it has its moments, it has its benefits, but when you stop and you take the breather, I think you really see, like, what is the analogy it's just when you give the body rest you do it will give you a reward so even if you take a 7 to 12 minute coffee break you i believe that what i lose out on on giving that to myself i will gain back in just like feeling like i ugh, i'm not being articulate but it will energize me it will give me the rest that i need and I know this sounds so stupid because it's like you're talking about a seven minute coffee break. Like, bitch, are you fucking crazy? That, and that's not to say that I'm not useless most of the day, but there's something about taking that specific time to just enjoy a drink I like that's just for joy, just for happiness. That's what I'm going for. The taste of the week is sushi. And this, I wanted to talk about this because I, I never liked sushi. The concept of it was very scary to me, very gross, raw fish, like, ew, what? That's so weird. Why would you do that? But it was, it wasn't until this night where I was in a really crazy mood. And in fact, I think it was literally the day that me and Benji had pitched alone together to Comedy Central. And I didn't know how that pitch meeting went. You know, they didn't buy it in the room. I wasn't sure. I was at this crossroads where like, okay, 
my dreams are probably over. Like I shot this short film. I, we did all this work. We pitched this show finally and I didn't know how it was going to go. And I was just feeling kind of crazy, like kind of loose and crazy, like, especially because a pitch meeting, you know, especially like at that time for me was, there's a lot of pressure. It was a, it was like a performance. I was nervous for it. I, there was a lot of buildup. And so to have that be done, I felt this sort of like hair in the wind, kick your shoes off. I can do anything tonight kind of vibe. And I remember I was driving home and I felt like kind of silly and crazy And Dave randomly texted me, hey, I'm ordering sushi for dinner. Do you want some? Or no, I think he said, I'm getting sushi for dinner. Like you're on your own. And I just was like, get me, get me an order. And I just felt so crazy that I was just going to try something new. And I did it. And I was like, this is so good. And now it's, of course, one of my favorite foods, like every basic girl in LA. It's one of my favorite foods. And it's something that, I'm eating it less often because I'm trying to like save it as a treat for myself because again, I've decided recently that the way to best enjoy my life is to withhold things and to save them and have them be treats, especially like very mundane, normal things like uh, listening to a podcast or watching a show. Those are things that maybe the last few years would just seem like, oh, I can do those anytime. It's not that exciting. Those are things I'm trying to treat more as special experiences because I think my life will be better the more I savor positive, fun things and don't just treat them like, oh, I can have them whenever I want them. Scarcity mindset, you know, I'm trying to like play with that and use that to improve my happiness. So I tried sushi, loved it. So there's the lesson there is, you know, not everything has to be a lesson, but it's fun to just kind of go crazy and try something new and take a risk because you might find your new favorite food and you might then get to be like every basic hot girl in LA. And that's also fun. But it also maybe I would, I would have more money in my bank account if I didn't like sushi. Um, but we won't go down that path. So my favorite, my taste of the week is sushi because I'm obviously definitely not able to have that when I'm working just because we're working in crazy locations. Like I'm not going to Postmates sushi to the set. Like that just seems obnoxious. And so I've been eating like the craft services food. So like it really is a treat for me on the weekend. Like, and I'm just sort of extra enjoying the scarcity of it just getting to have it and i know i sound like such a spoiled brat like oh you only get to have sushi on the weekend sorry okay i'm 34 i that's just how i'm living my life my crush of the week is my dog you guys i love her so much i feel like i am not that much of a crazy dog lady on social media or like just on my podcast or anywhere. But the truth is I, I'm not that way because I don't want to seem basic and annoying, but the fucking hard facts are she is my whole world. I love my dog so much. I love all dogs. And being away from her for 14, 15 hours a day 
It's been so sad. I miss her so much. And I'm like, I feel for anyone who can't spend all day, every day with their dog, including myself. And she's just so special. And I just, again, like because of this whole, oh, scarcity, at least there's a positive there. It makes you really cherish and enjoy things. I am really extra cherishing and enjoying her. I just grew up being obsessed with dogs. I think they're the greatest thing ever. I'm so glad that I brought her into Dave's life because he never had a dog. And the difference in him since we got Donut is, it's such a big difference that we laugh, we, like all we can do is laugh about it. Cause we're just like, this is crazy. Like Dave used to have like emotional dips that he doesn't have anymore because of Donut. And so I think that her powers, the powers of just having a dog that you take care of, that you love, that loves you, it's just so valuable and it's a privilege for sure. And she's my crush this week. I want to kiss her. I want to rub her. I want to hold her. I just want to cherish and appreciate her. And when I see dogs on the street, that when people are walking their dogs, I just look at them and I'm like, I want you to be my baby. I want to pick you up and take you and love you and kiss you. I just want to make you my baby. That is my fantasy for every dog I meet. And in my wildest fantasies, I would have 30 dogs and I'd wake up in the morning and they would just cover me. I'd be buried in dogs. I just love them so much. And I just was feeling like I don't put that out there in the world enough because it is so basic, so boring, but I just felt like this week I had to share. My hot girl homework. Do you ever have an article of clothing that just makes you feel so awesome? It makes you feel alive. It makes you feel your truest self. Lately, I get it. I get in these moods where I'm like, I need to wear this one pair of jeans or I, I don't feel right. And it might be because I wore, I'm, a, I'm still a sweatpants girl through and through. But lately I get this way with articles of clothing and currently I'm having it with my platform Uggs. Like I have to be wearing them. And, and this one pair of jeans, I wear them all the time. I wear them when I go for my walks. I wear them when I'm in my house. And I think it's amplified by the fact that the job that I have right now is a job where I am not wearing my own clothes. And which is awesome. It's so fun. I get to wear different outfits, but I, fashion and clothing have become this thing that like a safety that I cling to. And I've never been that way. I've never cared about clothes. It wasn't until COVID that really changed my relationship with clothing. Like I would wear the same thing five days in a row before COVID. And that was just for necessity. It wasn't like because the clothing gave me any kind of special feeling. It was just like, oh, this is fitting right. And I just, it's working for me. Why would I change it? And then when COVID happened, I had to change my clothes every day. For the first time in my life, I cared about wearing a different shirt and pants every day because that was one way to break up the monotony of being at home and not what, knowing what was going on in the world and just being scared, whatever. And that has now evolved into a different phase. This is my third evolution with my relationship with clothes, it, which is 
I wake up, I try things on, and if it doesn't give me the feeling that I'm looking to feel, I I can't feel good. Like, I'm not right. I can't, I mean, obviously, by the way, like, sometimes you gotta just wake up and get dressed and fucking do shit, but when I do have that extra time and I can find it, I really do, and and for me, it's it's so hard to explain because it really is all about a feeling. It isn't even about like how do I, it is about how you look, but it's become a lot less about how does my body look in this, and it's and it's become a lot less insecurity driven and a lot more creative feeling driven. And for months now, it's this one pair of jeans, just the way they fit, like baggy sweatpants. They make me feel exactly how I want to feel. Like, I almost feel like it's how you address your avatar in a video game. You want it to look like something you want to look at and that feels like you. And when I had these kind of ripped, super baggy jeans on, I just feel like myself. And so my hot girl homework for myself this week is to wear these jeans every day at the times that I am able to wear them. So when I wake up in the morning, I put these jeans on. I wear them to eat my breakfast. I wear them to drive to work. I wear them when they're doing my hair and makeup. Obviously, then I have to change out of them. But then when I finish my day of work at 5 a.m., I put these jeans back on. I drive home in them. They just make me feel good. And this is such a new concept for me. I'm sure it's an old, familiar concept to so many people. For me, I just, they make me feel I want to say like a superhero, but that's so cheesy and it's really not accurate because I don't ever feel like a superhero because I think that's weird and embarrassing. I feel like myself. I feel like my weirdo, comfortable, artistic, crazy, creative self in these jeans. That will change. These will not always be the jeans that do that. It changes. Some days it's a hoodie. Some days it's a pair of sweatpants. Some days it is a bra, but... I would say my hot girl homework to assign to you is to pick something, one article of clothing. It can be anything. It can be a bra underneath your clothes that no one sees. It could be a pair of pants, socks, shirt, sweatshirt, jacket, whatever it is, piece of jewelry. Find something in your closet and wear it and really glean the powers that that our article of clothing can give you. Again, I sound crazy. I don't care. Top five things I do by myself. Because a lot of you guys have been asking about, oh, what's a like solo? How do you do things by yourself? How do you have confidence to live life on your own without being embarrassed? Embarrassed? First one, seeing a movie. I never feel more confident or more like I'm flexing when I'm at the fucking movie theaters by my damn self with a extra large bucket of popcorn, like whatever size popcorn is the best value per ounce of popcorn you receive. If if there's even ever a tier that gives you free refills, that's the one I'm getting. I'm getting it. I'm sitting there alone. I will go to the movie theaters alone and I will bounce from movie to movie. Again, movies, they're just now starting to come back. I haven't done it since pre-COVID, but 
I am fantasizing about doing it. Like, I still really want to see Don't Worry Darling in theaters. I hope I'm not too late. That's definitely something that I want to do maybe next weekend. But seeing a movie alone, it's such a flex. Because you know what? When someone looks over and they see you sitting alone in a movie theater, they're they're just going to be like, damn, I wish I could do that. That's the most likely thing they are going to think is like, I wish I had that confidence. The next thing on my list is travel. I, I travel alone for stand-up sometimes. I happen to really enjoy it. I also have always fantasized about taking a luxury vacation by myself. I've never done it. It's still on my bucket list. It's something I want to do. The problem right now is I don't really love traveling that much. And so when I do travel, I save it for something that I can do with Dave because he loves to travel. But I know that I'm coming up on a season where I'm going to be free and he's not going to be free. So I think traveling alone, I'm hoping is in my near future. But it has always been my fantasy to literally go to like a freaking honeymoon luxury resort and just go by myself. I remember in high school, I went to this like romantic um spa hotel for a night or maybe two nights with my parents. It was, um, I think it was the Sycamore Springs Spa. It was like a sulfur bath spa in Northern California. And I remember all of the tables at the restaurant were all for two because it was like a lover's place. And I remember feeling so awkward like when they had to pull up a third chair for me which I always go back to like, that's a flex. Like, I don't care. I'll go to a place like like that with my parents. Who cares? And I think I would love to one day go back to that place by myself. Like that would be the way to top that. So I think traveling by yourself. Oh, because someone had asked me on Instagram if I'd ever go on a ski trip alone. Yes, of course. That sounds awesome. The best part about doing things alone is like you don't have to wait for anyone. You don't have to consult with anyone. I love going out to dinner by myself. That's the next thing on this list. And the next one is shopping. You guys, you probably at this point in my life couldn't pay me to go shopping with a friend because my friend is going to find things that, and I'm not going to find things. And then I'm going to be sitting there and they're going to be trying things on and I'm going to feel bad because I'm bored and they're going to feel bad that I'm bored. It's like, ugh. like, or then I, when I am finding things and they're not, I'm going to feel bad. It's that said, when I was in Italy shopping with my friend Rumi, that was really fun. And I, I think there's certain people you can do it with where it is really fun. But for the most part, I think by myself is really the ideal. And then uh, the last on the list is watching shows. I am not really about watching a show with someone else because when I get into a show, I need to be able to watch it whenever I can. I need to catch my glimpses into that show whenever I feel like it. And I don't want to wait for someone else. So the worst thing that ever happened was when I started watching Mad Men, I started to watch it with Dave because then it just got me to stop watching it because 
I couldn't really feel free to watch it on my own, even though he told me I could because he had already seen it. It really slowed me down. I really need to get back into it. I love, that's what Handmaid's Tale, I watched that by myself. It's my little crutch. It's my thing that I can go to whenever I'm feeling like I want to watch a show. I like watching shows on my iPad. I know most couples watch shows together in the living room. That's not really us. Sometimes we do it, but I'm very specific to have shows that are just my Esther shows and shows that are with Dave. But I really cherish those just me shows because I can really rely on them and have them whenever I want, which is very important to me. So you guys, thank you. This flew by. I hope it wasn't too boring. I'm sorry that again, I haven't, I don't want to be so apologetic, but now I'm apologizing for apologizing, but it's just, Things have been crazy, but it does feel so good to touch base with you guys. And I'm really, as always, excited to hear what parts you relate to, what you're interested in, what you want to hear more about. This continues to be a a conversation for me. I love hearing your guys' feedback. I love how many of you guys were like, oh my God, hot girls hoard jars. You were so into that. So keep me posted with what you're into and what you're interested in. This is a conversation. This is a group effort. I This podcast doesn't exist without you tuning in every week to listen. So I really appreciate you. And my shows, my tour is getting closer and closer. Um, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Phoenix. You can get tickets for all of those at estheronice.com. And I appreciate you tuning in every single week. I appreciate you sharing screenshots, tagging me, sharing the show with your friends, um, and just kind of flexing that you listen to this show because I know, like, of course I would say this, but I really mean this. I think that if you listen to the show, I believe that you are creative. I believe you are intelligent. I believe you are curious. I believe you want to know more about yourself. I... I know that's very narcissistic of me to give you all these compliments because you listen to my show, but fuck it. I really believe it. So I'm going to say it. I believe all those things about you guys. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. You really, really make me feel seen and heard and understood. I'll see you guys next week.